Welcome back to the Debate Without Debate podcast in our fifth episode, which is kind of crazy to say. In today's episode, we have the second portion of our two-part series with Louis Kotler. We discuss Louis' love for coding, surpassing Apple's tech support, innovation, and his theory on yawning. But without further ado, let's get into it. to fully delve in now because this is what you're on uh when did your passion for coding begin so i definitely what started it for me was in the middle school i actually created our robotics club don't even think they're no i don't think anyone's running that anymore (laughs) i think it died but it was just drag and drop blocks there was kind of like a timeline it was the lego mindstorm software to program lego robots and there was a little timeline and you would drag blocks on like do this action move forward this many rotations do this do this and i had to sit there for hours and just drag all the blocks one at a time to do everything that we wanted to do and it became really tedious and i was fine with it i didn't really enjoy it much and i didn't think anything of it and then that ended. They didn't want to continue. The school didn't want to fund it uh, in the high school. So that ended. And then it was about a year or two in between until I got introduced to it again with um, in school with a different kind of robotics, VEX robotics, and it was more text-based programming. And I started doing that. And I was fine with it. That was okay. And But I knew that I wanted to get into it. I knew that I would like it, and I'm not sure why, but I didn't like it that that in that way that we were doing it's kind of boring just move forward do this do mm. that and i found that columbia had a summer program that summer that i could sign up for and learn c programming the int- introduction to c programming and i was like yeah i'm going to take that i'm going to see if i'm really into this because i knew that i was going to be into it but i hadn't really tried it yet so i was so i went and i took the class and that was amazing that really changed everything for me that made me realize that i wanted to get into this because in the beginning of the class i had like no programming experience at all and by the end, I felt like I could actually make something. But at the end, I mean, in the beginning, the first day, we literally just made it say on the screen, hello world, which is the standard uh, thing that you start coding. The first thing that you code in any language is hello world. Yep. I don't know why, but yep. that's just tradition. So the first thing that I ever did was just print out a word. And then the last thing that we did a few weeks later was make a full-on battleship game, all text-based, everything drawn with just characters it was, what was it, like 3,000 lines of code yep. compared to like one that I started with. So that's when I realized, yeah, this is, I'm going to, I'm going to keep going with this. This is something that I want to do. So then once that ended, um, that's when I picked everything up on my own. From that class until now, I basically taught myself everything else. That was just an introduction to see what it's like. And I just took that to heart and I went and learned everything that I possibly could about anything that I wanted to try. And the best way to learn programming is to have a project. A lot of people try to look up one at a time. Let's learn this language. How do you do this? How do you do this? How do you do this? The best thing to do is here's a project that I want to complete and I'm going to do it in this language. So how am I going to complete that project? Well, just start making it. Make make your background. Well, I don't know how to make a background. Well, look that up. Now you just learned that. Mm. So the best way to do it is through actually making the the process of making something instead of looking one at a time at how do you do each function in this language. I seem really tacky, but I had something that, that relates to what you were talking about before. I needed some inspiration. I was like, damn, 
kind of lost a little bit because you know sophomore year sophomore like slump sophomore slump pretty heavy i didn't even know that was a thing yeah it's a thing i yeah. i i got hit with that that stuff and so too. i don't know why but I, I feel like god speaks to me through youtube i'm watching a youtube video about the some YouTube guy. algorithm bro. i swear the algorithm is so good but yep it's scary. There's there's some guy and he's taking cold showers. Don't ask me why. I was watching a video. Kind of sounds Matt Diavella. Yeah, I think no, it wasn't Matt Diavella. No. And this quote Come popped on. up, and I was like, damn, this, this really quote. This, I think I'm telling this you, it's a quote from my life. No, it's not, dude. It I'm says, sorry. "We are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, therefore, is not an act but a habit." So I think that links into what you're you're kind of trying to talk about, where you set yourself a goal, a project, right? And you're just like, "I'm gonna pursue it," not really thinking about it. It, you know, there's a certain time where you have to learn and there's a certain time where you actually have to do. Yeah. And I really admire that you actually partake in the doing because there's a lot of people saying, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Where people are like, oh, I'm going to do it on Sunday. And Sunday is some, I don't know, what was the word that, that I'm looking for? Some Like Sunday, someday, something like that? No, no, no. It, it's something like su- Sunday is this magical universe where you get everything done <laughs> and nothing ever happens. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone puts it off until that. Day. Yeah, yeah, it's like some, yeah, it's just some perfect world where everyone gets something done, which is highly unlikely. And I really admire people like you who actually take action. When they have an idea, they're like, all right, let's get, let's get into it. That's really cool, though. And he puts in that work. Like he, puts in that he's work. Been Thank you. We're, Thank we're you. high school students, right? So Louis will go home. This dude will work all throughout the night. I remember stories that you tell you just working 24-7. And, I mean, listen, you were the go-to guy for me when I started doing So a little, a little I, I did a little bit of a little coding. Python. A little Python? A little bit of Python. Uh, I, I tried to tackle the Python. That's that's the go-to thing, a little little quirky thing. But um, So I took a class at Adelphi. Um, now I, I'm really bad with computers. Um, I, I always remember the stories of, oh uh, my God, this uh, is the funniest. I have to tell this, you, I have is to this tell when you. you got hacked? Yeah. Oh <laughs> Let me just tell the viewers. This you is go the, ahead. from my perspective. This was the funniest. Okay. Uh, excuse my friends. This was the funniest shit I've ever seen in my it life. It was the lowest moment for me with technology. I'm, I'm uh, what did I don't you know click on? where I was. <laughs> I okay. So Asher comes up out of nowhere. I think I'm sleeping or something. What time of the day was this? It was like 8 p.m. or something. 8 p.m. You sleep at 8 p.m.? I don't know what I was doing. He was probably just tired. I was probably just tired. I was laying down, probably talking to one of my friends. I come downstairs. Joey! Joey! (laughs) (laughs) What's going on? Asher said, some tech support bubble just popped up on my my computer saying that we're hacked. And and I clicked on the the bubble, and and they sent me to some page, and then I called the number. And it was tech support, and it said it was tech support, but the person sounded really weird, and it sounded like they were in a street market in India. But I kind of followed them along, and I gave them my IP address, and I gave them my social security number and everything that I know. And I was like... No, 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 no. I didn't give them any IP address. I didn't give them any social security. I go Azure. I didn't click on anything. It just said. Yeah, it just you want to know why that you didn't give them any of that stuff? Because they already had it. That's why. That's, <laughs> that's probably true. No, hold on, hold on. The whole computer froze up, right? And I'm on my I'm on my family computer, which is it's kind of old. It's like an older Mac, and it works really, really slowly. So I freaked the f out because we have all of our information on there. Like it's it's our family my computer. My, life. my life, my photos, they're all there. Anyway. So we do that. I'm just typing around. I'm going on some websites. I get hacked, but I didn't know I was hacked. I thought my computer so just calls the number down. that the hacker tells them up. him to call. I call them up, and and some some lady comes on. I'm gonna do a terrible impression. She's like, "Hello, 
hello oh my god <laughs> uh, and i'm like yes yes there there was a there was a, a message on my screen it said that my computer's gonna she's like oh it's, it's okay you're you called the right number <laughs> uh, i was like i was like thank you so much and, and she goes just please tell me uh please tell me your ip address i said what the he- i don't know where my ip wait, address guys, wait, 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 let me computer. go let me go talk to my mom calls up yeah yeah, yeah, yeah i call my mom no Asher's probably like uh roslyn <laughs> <laughs> no i did say i was like uh, what does this mean i call up my mom I'm like mom mom i'm uh, i'm on the phone with apple tech support there we just got hacked we got just he's like what you you have the apple tech supports number asher tell me the number right now 1-800-275-2273 damn i don't know how you remember that it definitely was not because that i number. call them every day <laughs> <laughs> that's the actual number go look it up i'm not joking why, why I, do you call them every day i don't not every day but i just you want to know how i yep you want to know how i knew their number because i read it from my head mm, i have uh, a contact book in there too don't worry um <laughs> Because I have problems all the time. You know, a couple weeks ago, I finally surpassed Apple tech support to the point where the problems that I have are too much for them <laughs> to handle. Like, seriously, because I, I had never done this before. This was just a few weeks ago. I was trying to make I was trying to make something called a REST API, which I actually ended up successfully doing. And it's basically where you can have any device that, you, that connects to the internet ask your servers from anywhere in the world for information and it the servers respond and you can retrieve that information and do anything with it so that's how i'm doing iot devices internet of things which is um it just polling my servers hey what's the status of the light switch what should it be what should it be and then my server can respond oh it should be on now and it receives that data and it turns it on it's Mm -hmm. all just an interconnected web of nodes which are each individual devices that connect to the internet and i was trying to run a a local server on my network to do that to handle that and it wasn't working and i couldn't understand and i got into this really complicated stuff about there's a file on max that determines how your computer can connect to the outside world and it gets really really interesting intricate and i open that file and it's empty there's no code in there the file that's supposed to determine how my computer communicates with the outside world has no code in it (laughs) so i called them and they were like Oh yeah, like let me go look that up for a second. So she looks it up because you know they all have this giant manual that they look in. That's <laughs> the how help they, button on their mouse. <laughs> that's how they answer questions. They have access to information that we don't have, but that's it. They don't really know much. So they look into it and they're like, "Yeah, I see that information," and you know just as much as what I'm reading here. Like this, is, she goes, "This is beyond the scope of our ability." Wow. So I had to go figure out that on my own, and I ended up recoding the file that determines how like how web traffic works on Macs and I was like so now who's gonna help me <laughs> no for real you've gotten past the point Apple can't even help you anymore Apple's like the biggest tech company you, you surpassed all of their geniuses she was like yeah we don't we don't know <laughs> we don't know what to do oh my god I mean I guess that's a good sign though I guess that then you're in the right place you're doing the right thing you could beat those people Yo, but back to the story real quick. Yeah, yeah, finish, <laughs> um, finish. Um, so, oh, so I, oh, yeah. I end the call, right? Um, no, I call my mom. Yeah, you're she's right. like, in the call. She's like, no, no, stop, stop. I'm, oh, yeah, I stay on the phone. I got two phones right now. <laughs> two, I got two. <laughs> anyway, um, so I call my mom. She comes running down. She was like sleeping or something. She's taking a nap. She comes running down. She's like, "All right, let me get on the phone." Why is everyone sleeping at eight? I, Sorry, I don't, I, I don't know. But, <laughs> so she, she gets on the phone, right? She gets on the phone. She's like, "Hello," and she goes, "Yes, who is this?" And she's like, no, who is this? <laughs> and, and my mom goes, where are you right now? 
She goes, or, or, um, <laughs> Indian street market. Uh, no. <laughs> Connecticut. That's what <laughs> they always say. Yeah, they, they <laughs> always say so. No, she's like, I am in LA. Uh, and I was like, okay, thank you very much. She ends it. Then she calls up. She's like, Asher, you're an absolute idiot. I cannot believe you're doing this. I'm like, mom, I don't know what's happening. I'm like in tears at this point because I'm like so freaked out. I don't know what's happening. I don't understand technology. I don't even understand how my computer turns on. My mom calls up the real Apple tech support. And it says white guy speaking now, right? Hey, my yeah. name is Paul. I'm uh, yeah. Texas. Hello, my, my name is Paul. I'm uh, I'm currently in, in Dallas, Texas. How can I help you? And mom's like, yeah, this is the person you should have called. Like, why are you calling the number on your phone? She figures everything out. It all goes fine. We didn't give any of the information because I didn't know where the IP address was. She kept the 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 woman kept trying to tell me, please click on the Apple button at the top and tell me the number. And I was like, what Apple button? What Apple button? What Apple button? Because <laughs> yeah, I didn't understand what's happening. Yeah, yeah. Our family has such a bad history with computers. My dad. So in medicine, they have these whole new computer systems. They used to do everything on paper, right? And so doctors who are like i don't know they're they're older people right they're like 40 whatever whenever you get out of medical yeah, they're like school, 40 you're pretty, so, you're pretty damn old. yeah you're so old bro you're no. 40 <laughs> whatever like, you're not you're only you're only like halfway through your life you're, you're not, so old you're not savvy <laughs> with technology so my dad is definitely not savvy with technology and he's going through his online computer system whatever and do you know what jump is the the where you can log into another computer through your computer jump might be a service yeah, yeah it is yeah, a okay right there are tons of it there's like team viewer there's yeah yeah, basic, yeah it's called ssh it's a connection that you can a remote connection with another computer but mm -hmm. yeah that's probably just one yeah that you can probably probably it's a remote login whatever thing and so he gets hacked by like some huge, huge it was a, it was a terrorist virus group. it's called it's not a terrorist no no, no. it was a, it was a, it's called the lashif virus or something yeah. like that and they they were holding all of his information ransom. And they They're said like, he had to five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. You need to pay us it now. My dad's like, hell no! Freaking abandon the whole entire computer system. Start off with yeah, the he whole had backup entire. stuff somewhere, which is how he got always the backup back. your stuff. Always. Yeah. I have a cloud running at home that backs itself up every day. I really need to start you backing up everything that. on my computer because I haven't back even my phone. I keep getting all those alerts that are like, you have gone three thousand weeks without update without uh backing up your phone. I'm like, I could give to like I don't care. But uh, oh, when Dad got hacked, that was terrible because and, it, and this was like a worldwide thing, right? So Britain, which has a much more um, socialized healthcare system, they run everything through one system because it's all streamlined. Whereas uh, I guess in America, they have a bunch of different platforms where people will, can enter in all their stuff. I don't think anyone uses paper anymore, and if they do, someone else has to enter it into a system. But um, when it like that, the British system was hacked, and every single doctor was given those notices and I'm and I'm a hundred percent sure about this. Well actually not a hundred percent sure. We'll link an article again just to explain no, I don't. it. You're gonna get hacked by that uh, article. <laughs> but don't click uh, on I'm it. pretty sure it was a terrorist group that was trying to hold the information hostage. And it's kinda kinda weird and I want to talk about this because data science is huge. Um what do you mean by data science? So so we have millions trillions of of bytes of information right we have tons of information now with with the with the internet and it's only been around for what 30 years i think the anniversary was just a few days ago but we have more information than we can even get through so people are programming trying to understand all this information but it's like you have two curves and the information is just going at a it's just going way faster exponentially than we can even um like quantify in in the context of trying to analyze that data and so um People and and Louis, I'm sure you know more about this than I do because again, I only took one class. I took it at Adelphi University. It was like an eight week class. We did something similar to what you did at Columbia, but we worked with Python. But 
at the, the last time he starts talking about, listen, uh, my professor, who was this cool dude, he's from Argentina, he was a cool personality, but he's like, listen, data science is huge. It's the next big thing. If you can analyze all of the data that we have currently, you can figure out how to program something that does it. And he needed like mega computer, like supercomputers, right? Because there's just tons of information to file through. If you can figure out how to organize all that data, you will get a Nobel Prize. You will get the most money possible. You will get to work wherever you want. It, like it's crazy. Um, and it's like this whole whole new branch that's come out of, I guess, like the computer science stuff. But when I heard about that, I was like, God damn. Like <laughs> he was saying something like, um, our information continuously increases by like 70 bajillion, whatever the hell, um, like every minute. And I was like, what the, what are you saying, yeah, we, bro? We make a ton of, we make a ton of data points. It's a lot to work off. It's great. Especially and, for marketing. And, and for, I guess for computer science, the most important thing is you need to have sets of data. Like you have to be able to organize through all that stuff. Um, and they did, my professor did some really cool research, which is on deforestation. And I never even thought that you can, you can look at stuff like that using, computer science you can look at climate change but in the context of you, you take go, uh, google maps and you look at the individual pixels and it you know like if they represent a tree where it's green or whatever if you look at that and you're able to code all of that data you can functionally tell where deforestation is happening um and he like did all this research i don't know it was crazy he had to get like supercomputers. he's working with people all across the world and that's that's the beauty really of, of our connection now that scientists from across the world who might not even speak the same language but can speak the same language when when it comes to coding they can they can understand do you know if they if you can code in different languages i've thought about that um the answer is yes but it's not mainstream like i'll go mm. on okay another problem with trying to look up uh, look up coding videos on youtube they're for some reason they're always they're always indian i'm not sure why it's really it's <laughs> yeah, like yeah. really prevalent there so they'll speak in hindi but type in English. So you can do that. I'm not sure like what programs or software allows you to do that because usually the compilers are in English, so it has to be converted in some way later. Mm. I'm not sure. It's definitely not a thing that people use often. That I can tell you that. Mm. I know I know Python is is open source so people can change it. Like there are bajillion different versions of it. And then Python will regularly um, like establish their next version. Like they'll do like three point seven, right? And then after that they'll have a bunch of different people and they'll do 3.7.1.3.4 it's like crazy but open source is kind of an interesting thing because then everyone can create their own version if i understand correctly of python yeah it's definitely in i mean it becomes collaborative because if you have an idea for how to fix something well that's how a lot of bugs get fi fixed i know uh someone i went to another columbia class um uh, last last summer where I did a computer engineering class, which was actually a college class, so I wasn't with the high school kids anymore. It was me <laughs> and C Columbia computer science majors. Louis leveled so that, up. That was interesting. How did you get into that position? I got really lucky. You uh, Normally, in, if you're in high school, you can't just sign up for that class, but my professor from the previous class was able to recommend me and say, like, it's okay, just let them in. Let this, them that's in. the importance so, of being a good at, dude, though, and, do, and doing your stuff well. You know everyone, some, right? Like, yep, those connections. Exactly. So um that's how i got in and at first i was like oh my god this is <laughs> this is this makes every, what everything everything that i was doing before this makes it look like like nothing. jump change yeah so yeah. um i forgot where where was i even going with this uh <laughs> I have no idea. Columbia uh, yeah yeah you could just talk about the columbia okay. class because I mean, it's cool 
That's fine. Um, so. Oh, we were talking about open sourced Python. Stuff. Right, right. Yeah. So, so one of the um, women that was in my class can't call girls is what's in our class now. Yeah. Women, women. is <laughs> when you're in college. So, um, she actually worked for she worked for Squarespace. She worked for other platforms, and she was a GitHub or open source contributor. Wow. So she actually found uh, she was coding with something with GitHub resources. And then discovered an error that like crashed the whole thing, so she wrote up the she wrote up the way to fix it, fixed the problem, submitted it to their their board basically that decides what gets appended to the open source software, and it was approved. Wow. And now she's literally her code runs on everyone's GitHub because she found a problem and fixed it. Wow, I, I think open source is so interesting. In that in that book that I talked about before, Drive, they talked about how open source is really the future of business. Uh, in the future, especially of, of any tech startup, if you can, because you get buy-in from other people, because I feel like they're contributing. So like Louie right now, or myself, even with my terrible coding experience, um, can go in, create his new version of Python, and then upload it on that same website that everyone else can see. And then it feels like, you know, you're part of a community, you feel like you're engaged, and then you're motivated to keep working because you got the whole Python group and Facebook and blah, 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 any of that stuff. I, I think open source is crazy and especially wikipedia like everyone always said wikipedia is terrible never use it never use it never use it but now they have well, that's just teachers yeah that's true but now they have tr people who are checking for for accuracy right watch when wikipedia is going to become a database i'll start laughing you also know that um what was i think maybe it's like a firefox certified. maybe firefox was also open source like the the search engine for some reason um you sure? I don't know about that. Uh, I might be wrong. Check Louie. That sounds improbable. I, I might be wrong. It was probably just Mike. Um, sorry, not Microsoft. It was probably just Wikipedia. See, but Wikipedia is a very trusted source now, and a lot of people go yeah. to it for information. But but you get buy-in from everybody else. I can if if I get an account right now and I want to go in and edit something on Wikipedia on Joey Bykov's page, or if I want to create a page for for example, I can give all the information. Uh, but it's it's cool because some sometimes people are more accurate than or or can contribute more than just a computer could or a program and could. it's more that people collectively are yeah. more accurate than yeah. when one company making it with a set yeah. group of developers yep. i think that's really similar back in the day i really used to be into like i don't want to say computer hacking but you're 100 percent familiar with jailbreaking right yeah okay so when i was younger i was like eight years old i think this was back when it was illegal but whatever um, <laughs> I mean, back when it was illegal. It was like legalized sure in 2000, oh, ooh, 2010. Oh, yeah. oh no, my yeah. God, he's right. Yeah, yeah. There was some legislation around that. I don't yeah. know. The guy who's making, who jailbreak the original first iPhone, is doing some really interesting stuff right now. Actually. Really? Yeah. He he's doing um, like autonomous for autonomous driving. He's making the the vision system for it that can fit in pre-existing cars, and it oh, just sits. Oh my. And, and it sits on the dashboard and it'll drive your car for you. And he's figuring out in the interview that they gave in um, in the video, he was like, yeah, Tesla's um, autonomous driving system. I can make a better one in three months. And meanwhile, they've been working on it for years. He's like, just me. I could do it in three months. Is he the guy he whose can. name is on? What was his name? Was I think his name is, you know, when you open Cydia. Back in, back in the day. Probably, I, I don't yeah. know if that's him, but he, he was the first one to jailbreak the yeah. original iPhone. How, does, how does jailbreaking even work you <laughs> you basically just like i don't want to say like open so you get like a cracked version of, of something i don't know the, they found a security flaw somewhere in the so the way that 
Apple made their iPhones was no one makes software from scratch anymore. That's mm-hmm. just how it works because it's not worth it to go back and re- they call it reinventing the wheel whenever they talk about recoding something that someone else has already written before. So Apple took their software and they started for the for iOS, they built it off of some pre-existing software. I'm not sure what. I, I haven't looked a lot into jailbreaking. Um, and someone discovered a security flaw in the original software that iOS was built on top of. Is it still built on that exact thing? Um, they probably, I mean, probably know they whatever, patch it whatever all the is, time. they patched it, but they, there's no way that they wrote iOS from scratch. There's no way. It's built off of other stuff. They so, have whole data libraries that, that they could use for that stuff, right? Or pre-existing code that's just published online? Um, for the for iOS software? I don't think that iOS for software built off some online... No, no, no. Pre- it's just... like like Think about it like this. Like You think Mac runs off of the mac os mac operating system yeah but really it's based on something called unix which is was created way earlier and and it's what it's built on top of everything's built on top of something nothing is really built from scratch so they found a security flaw i think in the underlying software from what i understand and then they were able to exploit that which worked itself up towards (laughs) affecting the actual um you know ios software overall and they Mm. were able to get into it so i'm not exactly sure what it is but that's how a lot of problems a lot of problems um in software are created because people can't think of everything like one interesting um thing that sometimes i talk about is how everything in a computer the time time is very important to computers because that's how when they connect to each other they need to know they need to know when something happened when it's going to happen what time is it right now and they need to compare that data with other computers around it so computers don't know the time based on what it is right now they know what it is based on a relative point that relative point is january 1st 1970 zero hours zero minutes zero seconds like the first millisecond that's what everything counts from Mm. it needs to count from somewhere so and that's what um and also and, and it gets into atomic clocks too and like satellites but whatever so one of the, um, I guess this was a few years ago, one of Apple's iOS bugs was if you changed the date and time to January 1st, 1970, it was count, something in the system was counting what is it now based on then. But now is 1970. Yeah. So that was it it broke the entire thing it bricked the phone as they call it because it didn't break it i used to brick my phone all the time bro i had to i had to reboot everything like i I remember that brick is like it's 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 just dead yeah no no like it didn't work like i broke one of my phones from it yeah so when i when i was jailbreaking stuff you had to download some really sketchy software it was something like something iv or i don't know i remember this poison iv it it was something really really sketchy that's so yeah that's so sketch how are you gonna make people feel comfortable like saying it's poison ivy it's gonna give you some like winter snow i don't know It it was really sketchy but back in the day i was like eight years old i didn't know what was good or bad it's actually a funny story uh related to this but i'll tell it right after um and i used to i used to I think down because you know how you can't update your phone when you have a jailbreak or else like the jailbreak will go away. Well, right, because the jailbreak is built on the next release, so you have to get the next release of jailbreak for the yeah. the newer software. Yeah. yeah. So I was committed. I think it was when Injustice was around. You know, the game Injustice where kids used to fight. Okay, so I was committed. I was like, I'm not down to be playing this game. I'm gonna hack the game. <laughs> okay. So I was looking up, how do I hack Injustice? How do I get blah, 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 points, coins, whatever the hell? Uh, how do I get Superman, super, super, whatever? Um, and 
the videos kept on popping up like you have to jailbreak your phone your phone you have to jailbreak your phone you have to jailbreak your phone so idiot with an iphone 4 like me uh went ahead and downloaded exactly what some weird indian guy who recorded on a potato was telling me to do <laughs> and i did it right little did i know that the jailbreak which they had was like really freaking sketchy and i started getting like weird i'll just call it call it sexual advertisements on my phone uh so <laughs> that's gotta make their money somehow yeah but <laughs> on the bright side i hacked injustice so <laughs> yeah, yeah i remember when we would hack our ds's to get like we tricked out like pokemon and stuff game back Shark. in the day that's, okay that's another thing that i should have talked about earlier the reason i don't the reason that i got into all of this is because my parents never let me play video games how did that lead you to be into this be- i thought it would be the opposite no no because because I wasn't doing that. I had to find something else to do. And I feel like while all when I was younger, everyone had like the Wii, right? That was that was yeah. just what everyone played. And I never had any of that stuff. So when I would just go over to other people's houses and sit and watch them play video games because that's all anyone wanted to do in elementary school and even middle school. Mm-hmm. And I just wasn't a part of that. So I would go home and people would be that's just what kids did after school. But I had to find something else to do because that wasn't there for me. So I, I really just didn't like my. I I regretted that my. Well, I don't regret it now, but I really didn't like that my parents did that to me at the time because it was really annoying because I didn't feel like I was a part of anything. Yeah. But it made me realize that well, I have to go find something else to do. I have to go find what I'm interested in, and that's what I did. So I'm not. If they had let me have everything else that everyone had with regards to video games and all that stuff. I'm not sure how much of what I'm doing now would have really happened. Hmm. That's really interesting to think about too, because we we are the first generation that has so much technology around us at disposable at our hands, like iPhones, like computers, like the internet, all that stuff. So we could spend our whole life stuck in our own reality watching YouTube all day. And it's like such a distorted version of reality, but getting off of the phone and i know you do a lot of stuff like you bike tennis physical stuff right um but also i'm sure you well i mean you obviously work on your own individual projects which i'm sure plays into some of like finding your own things it was built during that time period but i definitely see an issue that's occurring right now where people are not motivated to do that where they have their phone they take a quick picture they try and talk to their friends all the time there are times in my mind where it is necessary to be in solitude where it is necessary to not constantly be connected to people you just have to detach um and i just wish more people would realize that mm-hmm. everyone talks about it but no one no one does it though. yeah and and, for me, and now for there's me in particular yeah. i've actually started starting getting away getting away from my phone actually today i just deleted instagram because i watched casey and i's dad's yeah. videos <laughs> bye bye social media i was like <laughs> you know i'm hop on the bandwagon too but it's after, fine you'll last like a week yeah probably i mean that's usually i last i last about. two years doing that stuff yeah so what I've started doing, actually, after Amon's episode, this is just to show how the podcast has kind of influenced me a little bit, I've started meditating every day. So for that particular amount of time, whether it be 10, 15, 20 minutes, the only thing with me is my brain, my bed, my chair, whatever. I'm just laying there, maybe listening to an audio track. Most of the time is not just to get away from all of technology as a whole but just being in contact with myself. Yeah. So my question for you is, does the technology sometimes get overwhelming? 
do, by technology do you mean social media that you were talking about or just no just any coding any all your projects does it overwhelm you from time yeah, to time it's definitely overwhelming because i'll start realizing that i don't really know what i'm doing a lot of the time and it takes me a lot of work to get to the i'm i'm basically working on a level that's one step above where i really am because i haven't had any um you know education in this space it's kind of self-taught so i'll get to a point where i'm like I'm like the amount of work that I'm putting in right now to get this done. Someone else who has an actual education in this could do this in like five minutes, but I have to learn. I spend more time learning how to do what I want to do. And then like just a little bit of time actually doing, making that, that software, that process, whatever I need, because I have to learn everything from the ground up and other people just already have that experience. So actually, um, should I should I talk a little bit about uh, what I do at work? I guess. Oh yeah. So can you can you give a little bit about? That? I I have always. How many jobs do you have, Louis? Yeah, yeah. Start like, with that, and then you could go into everything so, else. Um, well, one of them actually is kind of slowing down right now. I, I feel kind of bad for them. I don't think they're making any money, and they can't afford me right now. Oh no. Yeah, the escape room. So um, earlier in the year, um, well, actually way earlier. So like June last year, um, I got a job with an escape room in Syosset. Um, and just making as an electrical engineer, so not like mains wiring, like wiring their heater or whatever. <laughs> but um, can you imagine Louis going to try and fix these? Things? All right, we hired you for electrical engineering. Please go into that room and fix everything. Yo, I don't know how to work any of this stuff. I just know how to code. So I mean, I did have a, I ha- I learned so much on the job, and basically what I what I started doing was fixing things that were breaking. All of their rooms have puzzles in them that are built off of um, just custom circuitry that some other engineer that's now long gone made to run the puzzle to say, oh, well, if you turn this knob, push this button twice, put this um, RFID card on on this platform, and then suddenly like this door has to open, right? So someone made circuitry to do that. And then they're like, okay, yeah, it's not working. And I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't know what the code is. I don't know how they made it. I don't even, I can't even see where all the wires are. And they're like, yeah, well, it's like, yeah, it's fine. You just go, you go do what you need to do. <laughs> so that, that's how it started for me. I really had to learn every, not only learn everything about how it worked, but learn how each individual puzzle worked because I just had to figure it out from scratch. What was even going on? So after doing that, I kind of, they kind of upgraded me to or promoted me to making the circuitry myself. So one thing that they made, one of the puzzles that was already working stopped working. And I was like, it's not even worth it to fix. Why don't I just, cause it keeps failing. Why don't I just redesign the whole thing? I'll make one from scratch. I'll make it really official because what they had before is called breadboard circuit circuit prototyping, which is basically they just prototyped it but never made it a final circuit board it's just wires going into little boards that connect all the wires for you but it's not enough it's not a final product so i was like i'll make you a final product version because that's what they had a different engineer doing for a different space that they had somewhere else in long island city that they're making now so they were like sure so i did that they were really really happy with those results and i was like this is what i like this is what i want to do so i did that again recently um another project for them and then slowly that's been winding down they haven't really been calling me and i feel bad for them i think i think it's because they i don't think their business was going too well they kind of hinted at that i personally think escape rooms are a fad that's the other thing you don't have to work for a place that you 
that you're that you're like that you really believe in their um in what they're doing as long as you get experience and what you want to do from um from the part that you're working on it's okay to not be super interested in everything else so some people like if someone else in my position might have been like why well, escape rooms aren't even fun like i don't know why i would want to go work for one of them but yes you can get that experience from electronics and prototyping and if that's what you want to do that's what you can go do it doesn't really matter who you're doing it for mm. do you know what i mean yeah i got so you. you you can't be too selective in that way when you're just looking to get experience and start out hmm. that's great advice um coding is, is kind yeah coding is kind of like a puzzle in and of itself oh yeah definitely i just it's just problem solving Co- coding is yeah. just problem solving i think that's why i got so angry with it because i'm terrible with puzzles and every time I got I got a bug and I would have to go through it, I was like, oh, my God, it's like three lines of code. Come on. Sometimes I'd have a bug and it would, I'd be stuck on it for a week and it's terrible. It's so annoying. And I hate the, I hate it, but I love it so much because at the end I get out of my chair and I jump up and I'm just the happiest guy. So yeah. for some reason, it's I don't know why I like this, but I'm willing to be miserable for a week to then be super, super happy once I figure it out. And I mm. feel like. Like I'm just in control of everything. And that's why I like programming because the computer, you, you tell the computer what to do and the computer does what you tell it to do and nothing more. You make all of the decisions. You are in complete control. If you, if there's a problem, it's your fault. It's not the computer's fault. People, sometimes people will code something and they'll run and they'll be like, oh, the computer must be like too slow for this. Oh, there's something. No, like it's your fault. There's something that you did. So you're held accountable for everything and you're responsible for it. You know what I mean? And yeah. I like that because I like having total control over the process and knowing every part of how it works. So I think this kind of feeds into the development aspect of coding and how it's impacted you. So although you've kind of mentioned how it, how coding has allowed you to develop yourself in terms of putting the blame on yourself, is there anything else that you've kind of learned while coding or while going through programming or or even doing your photography? Like, what have you learned about yourself through these processes? Well, what I've learned and what I've learned about myself is a little bit different. But what I've learned is just the the logical process. Before, I didn't really know how to set something up. But now I know how to do things the right way. How to check one variable at a time of could this be wrong? Could this be wrong? Could this be wrong? It's more, I, I learned way more about general problem solving than just like what letters to type to do this kind of thing. You know what I mean? To go through every step and, you know, even organize your files the right way so that you can know, basically planning for the future, knowing how to comment in your code yep. so that when you go back to it later, you can see what you were trying to do there. And I think that's that's the most important thing, just learning the logical process and just the thinking process of how to think the right way to solve problems instead of just, you know, how to write in this language. You know what I mean? I think that's way more important. Problem solving is such, such a huge skill. And like Joe was saying, creativity really is the future. And getting this practice now is invaluable. Um, and it's crazy. You got, you and, and, Every time I hear you speak, I always think of this. You have incredible grit, um, and you're able to go through like the worst scenario, right? And it's not—it's not terrible, right? You're still at a computer. We're lucky enough to right, have and computers. And that's the, the best—the best thing that I love overall is you have nothing to lose. You can like you—if you have a solution for something, just try it for everything. Okay, here's—I actually wrote about this earlier. Now it's all coming back to me. There are no consequences in programming. Um, obviously, if you're like, if you do things the right way, there are no consequences. 
if you want to crash your computer by writing something that you thought might work, just do it. And everything else in so many other professions, there are consequences. If you're a doctor and you were like, well, this might work, you might kill someone. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's like, it's really. Just twist this real quick. Right, exactly. oh, oh, that's a lot of blood. In a lot of other fields, there are a lot of consequences and you have to be really careful. In programming, you can do whatever you want. Just like let it out. If you have an idea of, of, of a way to do something, just try it. It'll mm. it might crash your whole computer, and you know what you can do? Buy turn it. No, <laughs> oh, just crash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can you can turn it on again. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I should not agree with technology. But that's yeah. okay. You'd buy another computer. Apple Apple would be like, oh, you're back so soon. <laughs> Did you know we have the new model? But, what's your new IP? <laughs> yeah, what's what's your IP? Um, so yeah, you know what you do? You turn it back on and you try something else. There are no consequences. And I really, really, really appreciate that. Have, Have you, you built your own PC or no? No, I've really had no reason to because I just run. So I really love developing on a Mac. There are a lot of reasons that I'm not going to get into, but um, <laughs> it's perfect. It's a perfect development platform for people starting out. And but then I use my Mac to program other smaller computers um, that are called microcontrollers or things like a Raspberry Pi, which is just little <laughs> a raspberry pie. yeah I'm like actually, bro you're baking now how you do this <laughs> there's actually one called the raspberry pi pi not ah uh, e. wow um, math jokes <laughs> hilarious um and they're all mini computers so i program a lot of computers but i haven't really had a need to build one because i don't know what i would do with it i'm just curious just for fun yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't you know. seem like the type of guy who's really mechanical and you say you like having control over everything that you do and having the blame on yourself and you like trick out just, your computer yeah like <laughs> I, I would really think i was thinking yeah the only reason i haven't built it is because macs don't let you yeah. change anything yeah. yeah i've changed as much as in my mac as i could which is literally the ram and nothing else yeah I, my uh, uncle was telling me, I was debating whether to get the Pro or no, the no, no. Air. No, 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 you weren't debating. It's without debate. Without debate. <laughs> without true. debate. But we were off the podcast, so it was a debate. <laughs> um, and I was considering buying the Pro. And he's like, I'm telling you right now, the Pro is so garbage that, like, it, Apple, I think, is really faulty in their product production. In terms of, like, the exterior, yes. it looks nice. But when you go on the inside, they, like, overput glue onto the circuit boards and stuff like there are, that. There are a lot of problems, yeah. Absolutely. Apple's not Apple's not doing too well right now. They're, I mean, like, they're making tons of money. But I think they'll go extinct soon. They're Hopefully not. I'm kind of invested in their... <laughs> oh, you are? You have stock? No, 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 no. Oh. Sorry, sorry. Invested in their operating system. That's what... Oh, got like, it. Like, to, to have to change every my way of doing everything would kind of... I just feel like they're not terrible. being creative. Yeah. Like, I just think that they've come to a point where they're almost, like, um, plateauing. Yep. And they need somebody else to be like, yo, well, here's the vision. They've been, they've been plateauing for a while. I yeah. think they're coming down off yeah. of the plateau right now. Oh, wow. They I mean, need, even their iPhone. Their stock is pretty good still, though. Mm, yeah. Although they're at, like, a, what is it, $1 trillion? Well, one. didn't you hear about the, they had to send out some press release a couple months ago to their investors saying, like, yeah, we've sold fewer iphones this yeah. year than and like especially the for the new years. iphone you know how they usually make product red iphones for charity and stuff like that yeah. so in order to tailor to the actual uh chinese market since that's where one of their smallest consumer bases is considering smallest. oh because it, yeah, yeah, yeah they have so much control it. it's I got like you. samsung all of android phones are produced and, and oftentimes used in asian in the asian markets right so now they're trying to uh, appeal to the asian markets by making a product red only Chinese version of the new iPhone. That's that's the future of business. I, I was reading another book. Um, I don't read, so I wouldn't know. That's that's a, I highly YouTube recommend. YouTube only. I don't. I don't know. I've, I don't really read. I was on you. Sure I was why. on the YouTube wave for a long time, but then I then I came to a point where I was like, listen, this just hurts my eyes, 
and it's like I want to. I just want to do something different. So like for the for the past two months, I've been reading a book a week. Um, oh, that's crazy. Which which has <laughs> I been. I could never do that. Sh- I shout don't, out. I don't have that attention. Shout out span. John Fish for for giving me that idea. Kind of. I always wished that I'd be a good reader and that I would read more, but I never really did it. And then for some reason, a few months ago after midterms, I was like, you know what? Frick it. Like I. If I want to do it, I'm going to just do it now. And like I've gone through a whole process of trying to do new things. This podcast came out when I was trying to do all these new things. But anyway, one of the books that I was reading, uh, I literally forget the book. Oh, it was Factfulness. This was a cool book. Literally said it has a singular word in yeah. the title. And, you and he know also it's had he also had a a middle initial in his name, so it was like you know it's good. It's like Hans Rosling or something. Um, and so he's like super Where's smart the middle dude. initial in Hans Rosling? Uh, there was there was a middle <laughs> initial. I don't remember it, but um. The book talked about how, or in one of the chapters, talked about the market, where the future is for business. Asia will have 4 billion people by 2100. And Africa. You think we're going to last that long? A- we will. Africa. You know, like as an earth. <laughs> Africa. <laughs> climate change. 3 billion people sure. in Africa. Three. They currently have slightly, like very close to a billion. They are the fastest growing area in the entire world. F- fastest growing continent. And China, what they're doing now with their Silk Road stuff and trying to, in a way, co-opt a lot of the economic power in places around Asia and also in Africa is going to really set them off for the future. Great imperialism. They're playing playing long game. They're playing, yes, it's quite imperialist. It sounds very similar to what we had done in in countries like that or, or European countries had done in places like Africa. But the future really is there. So when it comes to businesses like Apple their new markets will start shifting. America is not, the North North America and the Western world will not be the market anymore. It will shift to being Africa and Asia. And that shift is coming very soon. It's happening now. And if businesses are smart, they will start shifting. He, he gave this really crazy example, like women there only have um, like pads for, for when they have periods. And they said that if they could create a very, very cheap version of something like a tampon, the amount of money that that the the companies that are invested in women's health would make is exponentially larger than what they'll make off of the 150 million women in America. Because, yeah, we can shell out more money, but there's 150 million of us. Whereas if you go to Africa and and, uh, and Asia, you're going to get like 2 billion women. So it's like a totally different ballgame. And their their markets are growing their people will get to be more rich they invest in in their companies they're trying to build systems that allow them to get to that future point where they do control the world and as their their economic power increases that shift is just going to happen more and more and more and it's funny that apple's already starting that they i guess they tapped into that they know well they're not doing too well right yeah, now though yeah they're i i never really i always thought i would shift out of apple earlier than i I mean, I still I thought have it was going to be like a BlackBerry. I mean, they had their their time of fame for like what was it, five years, and yep. they kind of phased it out. It became more of a business device instead yeah. of like businesses would hand them out to their employees instead of you going out buying personally a BlackBerry. Mm-hmm. That's really what it was about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I think now businesses just are like, oh, okay, here's an iPhone, <laughs> enjoy it. You know what I'm but saying? But their prices are so high, like a thousand dollars for an iPhone. Yeah. Well, Come but on, people don't folks. really have business. Businesses don't give out phones True, like that not anymore. An, not anymore. They do have some weird, uh, like, what, I think they're, like, Russian phones. They cost, like, a ton of money. 
No, they don't give those out. No, they don't give those out. But I'm saying they, they like their their purpose for them is like a business phone. But I'm like, right. why do you need a business phone? Just like get another know. iPhone. Some people if you have need a necessity. That. Sure, I guess. Um, on this business side though, I want I want to talk a little bit about your future. Um, where let's let's say ten years. Where where do you see yourself? And especially when it comes to to business related things, because I, I have a feeling I know what you'll say. So my life plan that will probably change but sure. i mean i've been doing i've been really lucky that i i know i've known what i wanted to do and i still know what i want to do and it's been the same for the past couple of years so like a lot of people our age are still you know they're gonna go to college and they don't even know what they want to do I'll, yet i'm putting my hand up right now because i have no idea right but and that's ahead. totally normal but yeah. i've just been really fortunate and i just know what i want to do i'm already there you know what i mean hopefully i'll continue with it so my overall plan is to go to college for uh, and major in computer science or computer engineering or more computer science and electrical engineering or computer engineering. And then afterwards, hopefully get a business degree because um, just working <laughs> just working as a developer, it's great. But you to get a step up, you need you need to have it's the perfect combo. You, the you one to who creates the, the future. Yeah. Like if you're able to create an idea. And at the same time, create the idea as if it's actually possible to make. Because a lot of times I have an idea and I'm like, that would be a really great idea. But I'm at a shortcoming and I'm at a disadvantage because I don't know how to freaking code. I mean, I don't know anything. Right. So Joey, Joey has an idea right now that he wants. He wants yeah. to code like an app. We'll talk, we'll talk about it later. Yeah. But um, yeah. So if you have those two, those, those two skills, the ex- executive part and also the creative part, if yeah. you merge them together, you know, it's really and that's can, the easiest way. That's the easiest way to become a leader in, for example, like a company or start your own thing because you got that connection to the to the software developers that are at the bottom of the of the table, right? When it comes to like if we have a hierarchy and you're at the top, but you can relate to them. You can relay your information in their language, what they understand, which makes people feel like, yo, like he understands me, he values me, and that type of validation, getting that 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 perspective or getting those words from from an owner or from a business leader which I, i'm telling you right now louis gonna be big like i'm just i'm just putting it out there right there's some people that i know you're gonna see it who are gonna do great things and louis one of those dudes i know a lot of other people who think the same thing but you'll see that and i'm sure this will happen having those two skills together is just it's invaluable and i listen bro crazy just just crazy. What I what I've wanted to do for the for the past year or so is become a project manager, hopefully, and then just be the person. I want to be the intermediary between the business heads of the company and just the engineers that work on the actual tangible stuff. Because there's terrible communication absolutely between them right now. Between in tech companies, the business heads want something, and they make it. And also, what I should really be what I want to connect as well is the consumers because they're the, these tech companies are making things that people don't really want or need and then they'll up and if there is something that people want and need and they're using it they upgrade it and people are like well you didn't listen to us we wanted this to be faster yep we wanted you to change this we wanted you to change this and we're your customer base and you just went off on your own and did whatever you want so what i want to be is someone right in the middle who connects the ideas of the consumers, the ideas of the engineers, because they have ideas too. They don't, they're not just these people who take the information and just make what you want. They know the technology better than anyone else and they know what's possible with it. So 
their ideas are really valuable. And same with the business heads of the company saying, you know what, if we can roll this out by this year and do this, it'll be super profitable for us. And then from there, then we can or- incorporate this engineer's idea to yeah. do this. So it's really, there's terrible communication between those, like if we make that into those a little three triangle, triangle yeah. right? So um, I think that's where I want to be. I want to be right in that's, the middle of all that because I, if I have, I'm not, I'm not going to be a crazy developer. Sure. I'm not going to be the best programmer. I'm not the best at um, crazy, you know, linear algebra to write machine learning functions yeah. to do all this stuff. Yeah. That's not going to be me. I know I would like to be there, but that's not what I'm going to end up doing. I need to, I, I want to have enough knowledge about the business side and enough about the development side and enough about what it's like to be a consumer purchasing these products to be right in the middle and not be the best at every one of those corners, but to be someone that can connect them and communicate between all of them. That's very, what I very do. smart. Very smart to find a niche like that. And that's totally something that's necessary right now. Because what the business people want is they want money. What the engineers want is they want to create a good product. And what the consumers want is they want the product that they want. I think right now, especially like with Apple, right? With our phones, we don't need an Apple phone. Like if you think about it, right? We could have a flip phone. Like what's the difference? We have computers to do the exact same thing that we could do on our phone. But now we have a computer on our phone. And they artificially have created, and this is the, the amazing part of marketing. They artificially created a need. Right? No one ever needed and phones an before. Exactly. That connects everything. And, and you have an Apple HomePod, an Apple iPhone, an and Apple And now it's and, and it's all connected and you can't and the th- the reason and I think the reason why we're all stuck on Apple, even though they're not pushing themselves forward, is because they have done such a good job at forcing in, in, in other words, coercing people to getting their products because they only work together. They're compatible with each other. But if you get, let's say you, you subconsciously have a, walk into a booby exactly, trap. Exactly. Exactly. And that's re- like when it, I've never been interested in business before. Uh, I never did DECA. I, I took one business class last year because I, I thought, you know, I try, I try and do as many things as I can. Like I try and learn as much as I can. That way I have a greater depth of knowledge and a greater breadth of knowledge. But lately I've become enthralled. I'm like I'm enthralled in, in learning about businesses, how they function. Because I the reason why I never liked business or the business worlds, I always thought it was cold. Like there was no, there was no emotion to it. And it's all about money. I still believe that's, I'm a big believer in it being I, all about money. I do too. Nothing else, which is kind of cynical. But. I do too. But I think, and, and this, this is why for me drive that book was so big for me. That was really the first moment that I thought I could see myself leading a business. Um, but it, it talks about purpose, like purposeful work in, in a business. Um, and, and don't not, not just donating to charities, like, one one example that I, I always love to talk about is uh, Tom's. Tom's sells shoes, but they also, for every shoe that they sell, they also give shoes to children in Africa, which seems like a small thing, but it has a huge difference. For example, if they have to go on highways, right, and they're walking to school, they could destroy their, their feet, right? And that, that has a big impact. They can't go to school then, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I've always wanted to find, I'm, I'm a dude who's really focused on, on making purposeful work. Um, and it's something that I've tried to come back to now and figuring out over the last few months, I've been trying to reflect what, what do I want my purpose to be? Especially since like, I'm going off to college just like you and I'm trying to figure out, you know, what do I want to do in the future? I don't want to waste my time trying to figure everything out when, you know, I have this leeway period for these next few months where I can do a lot of good work on myself. And one thing that I've always come back to is my purpose is to help other people I don't know what context it is. I don't know how I'm going to do it. But 
more so than ever, I think that I can I can monetize that. Not in a, a like a capitalisty like only focused on the money type of way, but doing doing what I find to be my passion and my purpose, but also still getting paid. And I think that's like something like this where we have these conversations. This is my this is something that I'm passionate about. This is something that I could see building into a future and still being able to make money. Um, because there, there are other podcasts that make way more money. Obviously, we're not making anything right now. We don't have ads. We don't have any of that stuff. But this, you could build this thing up. And I, I find this to be a place where we can help people. I've had people talk to me already about saying, like, listen, your stuff was amazing. I found it so valuable. It changed my perspective on X and Y, Z thing. And I'm sure the same thing will happen with this episode. Someone might, might text you and be like, yo, I never realized I had this, but I have time-space anesthesia. That to me and and finding my purpose has been so important over these past few months and i really hope that if it listen if anyone's struggling right now and doesn't know what they want to do and i've been in that place before and i'm sure all of us at this table have figured out that listen something's not working right and i don't know what i'm gonna do but if if you are in that place i promise that there is light at the end of the tunnel but on top of that, there's a way to figure out what your purpose can be in the way to reach. Follow Louis' advice and just try it out. Yes, it, and it doesn't hurt. Even even though you said there are no consequences to coding, yeah. there are no consequences, consequences to doing life. anything. Right, the only consequence is time. Don't say don't don't be on record saying that there are no consequences well, okay. to doing anything. Yeah, that's but true. I'm yeah. joking. Yeah, um, it's definitely yeah. It's it's a valuable. The valuable the real consequence is always just time. Everyone talks about time. You lose money. Whatever. No really it's it's about time it's if i do this thing what am i going to lose out on doing i think it's That's also everyone ego. Think. i mean i think one of the well, people biggest get people me, get stuck by their ego yeah, a lot uh, well, one of the things for me is, is i work out a lot i mean I'm not, I'm not like massive but like i'm really into health and fitness i think i've talked about this a little bit on the podcast already and one of the things which has enabled me to actually grow in my strength or in my size right is just leaving my ego at the door and i think that, that kind of feeds into also coding right if once you leave your ego at the door once you think uh once you kind of disregard your preconceived notions of what you can and cannot do you will finally unlock um the gem which you were trying to find yeah so yeah has there any been a moment like that where you were just like damn i i'm really egotistic right now i gotta leave that well when i when i started coding i realized that i didn't know anything and then as i programmed more and more i was like okay i know what's going on and then i discovered well there's something called stack overflow which is oh such <laughs> an amazing platform by the way helped me so much you can literally look up any coding question you have and you can even ask it to the community if it hasn't already been answered mm -hmm. so when i asked one question once about i was making an app and i wanted a game and i wanted to uh, detect collisions there was a little game player like a little guy running and a block and if he hits the block he, the game needs to end but yeah. i don't know how to test for that you can't test if this hits this how are you going to code that so i looked it up and they were like well since each block technically has a rectangular area surrounding them as their sphere um of you know um that encompasses that object if the area between like the one rectangle and another that's overlapping is greater than like one then it represents a collision because yeah. the rectangles have created like the two rectangles have created a third rectangle in between them and then that's a collision and that's how you test for it and then he wrote out for me the code of how to detect if there's a third rectangle there and i was like oh my god i know nothing about i know nothing about this stuff i know nothing about anything and there's so much to learn and that's when i realized 
Like I, I have to stop thinking that I know how to make the right solution and realize that there are people out there who know way more from me and it's more important to learn from them instead of me thinking, well, my way is probably the best way. So we'll just go ahead with that. That's such a beautiful thought for real that you quote a moment there too, but it's so true. It's so true. Checking your ego at the door. And when you get those moments, like I've, I lately I've had so many moments where I'm like, damn, I, you know, sometimes I think I'm hot shit, right? And some people gas my ego. They're like, yo, Asher, you're a cool dude, whatever, whatever. I mean, even for like the college admissions standpoint. Yeah, okay, like college, that was really... a, college was a big thing. But getting my getting my ego checked, being like, listen, you, you're, not, you're not all that you're made up to be. And there are people who are better than you. And realizing There's that. There's someone that's better than you at whatever it is exactly. always. Exactly. There's always someone better but, than but you. But the, the thing that people got to realize or, or even for myself or, or all of us that I think we're, we're starting to realize, go to those people and ask them for their help. Yeah. Don't just sit there and say, oh, I don't know. Um, uh, I'm, I not, feel like, I'm not going to do anything. Yeah. Go there, find a mentor and talk to them and ask them, yo, teach me your ways. Teach me what you do because then you can be, uh, I mean, you, this shouldn't be the only reason, but then you could be better than them. But then there's going to be that new mentor who's going to still help you. And uh, in a weird way, I feel like I'm in a leeway period where I don't really have a mentor right now, but I know immediately when I come into college, I am going to connect with the people who are around me, my roommate, and wherever I end up, I know that we're going to get into a position where I will find those new people who are way better than me. And that's that's the beauty of a place like college or the place like working finally, because I've never had an actual job, um, which is something that I hope to do this summer because I want, I'm not good at it. And I actively seek to do those things, which I am bad, which is why I tried to code, which is why we have this podcast. Which Louis, is have why you ever I had a mentor? Or no. I, I don't think I ever have. I tried. The closest thing that I ever had to a mentor was just during that original Columbia class that I took. My teacher, like just talking to him outside of the class a little bit about um, extra things, how it's working. But he was my professor. So I don't think. No, I've never really had one. And I've really. It's not even that I've been looking for a mentor. I've been looking for someone else to just make this stuff with. Yeah. To do all the projects that I do on the outside, which is a lot, just all on my own and realize that even when I finish it, I can't talk to anyone about it because most people like there's there's no one around me really in our community who's that curious about this stuff and who would really want to spend all this time working with me on it. So I can't wait to get out of here <laughs> and go to, and go to college and be surrounded by people who are like, oh, yeah, that. Yeah, I did that when I was like 12. Look at what I'm doing now. And yeah. to be around someone who can teach me not only be involved with what I'm doing, but then teach me how to do it, too, because they're better than me. That's. I, I want to be a part of that so Dude, badly. that's how that's how we grow. That's that changing that's that that whole change that happens. I think that we're we are all desiring a collaborative nature or like a collaborative environment. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I think that's a it's almost like a human thing, right? We don't live in isolation. Yeah. We all live together because we recognize that collaboration is better than divisivity. Or at least I'd that's hope why we, we would. Yawn. That, why what? Can I go into that for like one minute? Yeah, Do go it. for it, Do go it. for it. I, it's obviously not proven. No one really knows. Some people are like, oh, you yawn because your brain needs extra oxygen or whatever. But that's kind of been proven and disproven. So that doesn't really fully make sense. What I've always believed, this is what really makes sense to me, is the reason that we yawn is because when we yawn, and it's more, it's not really why we yawn, it's why yawning is contagious. So obviously if I yawn, there's a good chance that someone else in the room is going to do it too. And it's like, well, how does that even work? How does that chemical process work? The, what people think and what I think too is it's 
when we yawn, we, we feel tired. We want to go to sleep, right? It's a signal, but it's not just a signal to ourselves. It's also a signal to other people around us. And if the other person yawns, then that means they're tired too, or I'm kind of influencing them saying, Hey, like, let's go to sleep or whatever. And if you think back to like tribal nature, like when we were evolving from apes, hunting was how we survived. We needed, we needed to hunt to get food and we needed to hunt efficiently and effectively so that we don't die while doing it. And if I yawn and you yawn, then we're going to both be tired and we're signaling to each other. And then as a group, we're going to go to sleep at the same time. And if we keep doing that, we're going to go to sleep at the same time, wake up at the same time, then we're all going to be feeling the same. And since we're all connected now because we've had the same amount of sleep, we're feeling the same way, we're going to go out and hunt together and we're going to be as active as the next person. And we can... It's that that clan mentality, that, yeah. that tribal group mentality that helps us connect together. Because let's say, you know what? I, I was tired. I'm just going to go to sleep. I'm not telling anyone. You're going to stay up and talk with another people for two other people for two hours. You go to sleep. Next morning, you wake up. I go out. I try to tell you, look, there's a lion. Run. And you didn't sleep enough. And now you die because you get eaten by the lion because you can't run fast <laughs> enough. Sorry that, that, that you're the one that died in that situation. Yeah. But that's always what I've thought about yawning, that it's... I mean, it's not just me, like there's been scientific research or whatever, but I think it, it just connects people together and we're, we're losing that. We're, we're drifting apart. We're not yawning anymore. Connection of the yawn. (laughs) We're we're drifting apart. We need to work together more. I know. I agree. We'll be more effective that way. I agree. Um, because I'm so interested in politics, that's, that's what I'm hoping for. um, We're actually having a segment, uh, uh, yeah, I guess we'll just bring it up now. Uh, there's this thing called, what's the actual concept? NPR's Student Podcast Challenge. Yeah, uh, you might have heard of it. Probably not. But the whole premise is students, just kids in general, either middle schoolers, high schoolers, not college students, but just submitting um, an episode to this NPR contest, 3 to 12 minutes, and we talk about a particular subject matter. So for us, we're going to be talking about, actually, should we talk about, like something yeah, about fine. connection, yeah. kind of like what we're talking about now. Yeah. Um, yeah, so guys, look we to we that. will we we have to publish it on SoundCloud, but we will also publish it on here when we do finish up with it. We have to submit by March thirty first, but that's something that we're we're excited about, and it it might turn into like a regular series for us because it's it's gonna be shorter. And I know some some people have said that they don't like the long episodes, but but like this one, sure. But I listen. There's so much valuable stuff here. Yeah, we can break things up into like mini little segments, but there is a beauty in listening to the full conversation. There's a beauty to listening to how how Louis thinks through these things, how Joey will think through think through these things, how I will think through these things, because then you get the whole picture of of what's actually happening. But yeah, of course, like some people don't don't totally want to hear everything. We get it. So we're gonna try and cater to you all as well by doing little like short documentaries. But that's a little sidetrack. Um. All right, last thing, Louie. Where can the people find your oh, wait, stuff? Oh, wait, yeah? Wait, what's the time that we're at already? What do you mean? Oh, wait, I think that we kind of talked about... Did, did we talk about uh, school work-life balance? Oh, we could talk about that oh, yeah. a little bit. Oh, yeah. Do you mind us talking a little sure, bit about that? let's go ahead. That? All right, so uh, you do all this coding. You do all of these extracurricular sorts of things. How do you balance that with your school life? Because you're a pretty academic student. I mean, you've done well throughout all of high school as I've heard so far, I mean, SAT, ACT, all the standardized tests you've done pretty damn well. So how, how have you been able to balance all that stuff at the same time as kind of juggling all of your extracurriculars, pursuing your coding endeavors, all that stuff? I don't sleep. No, five hour energy. No, <laughs> don't, don't take that. That's terrible. Um, 
for me, it's just been being, I, you have to be willing to finish one thing and just move on to the next. Everyone just sits there and they waste their time and they procrastinate. And I do it too. It's not like I'm immune to that. I'm terrible. Everyone's terrible at, well, most people are terrible at procrastinating and getting stuff done. But since I just have that natural drive to do it, I'm just willing to get it done and stay up as late as I, as I want to, or as I need to, to really get done when I need to get done. So some don't do this. This is a terrible idea, but sometimes what I do is let's say I want to get this coding thing done. I've been thinking about it all day. I can't stop thinking about it. I'll do it first before any of my work. Mm. Then it'll be like 11, 12. And it forces me to get my work done so much more efficiently than if I had done it first. Mm. If I had done, so like, it's not a good idea. You like the time crunch. Right. That's that's what I need. When I have the time crunch, I get it done. But if Mm. I don't, I kind of like believe you lollygag. So it's not like this. It's not the best way to do it, but I, I just do it by forcing myself by staying up until, um, until a certain time and saying, okay, look, now you have one hour to get it done, get it done. Whereas mm-hmm. if I had started right when I got home from school and I was kind of, it's kind of tired from school and I didn't really want to do anything, it would have taken me like three, three or four hours. I think that represents the the importance of knowing yourself, you know, like, for me, I couldn't do that. I hate time crunches. I think they they mess up my creative atmosphere. But like, yeah, sometimes they're yeah. Good. But I don't want to be creative in homework. I just want to get that's, it done. No, and, no, no, that's true. You're right. You're right. But um, recognizing that for yourself, knowing that you can work in that time crunch zone, that's when you're your best. And and truly understanding that that's the way that you succeed. And then pushing yourself and being and having that capacity to say, listen, I'm gonna create an artificial deadline. I don't know if you've done this before, but I, I'm gonna just assume. I'm going to create an artificial deadline. I got to get this done by 11. If I don't get it done, I fail. And that that mindset, if you can trick your mind into thinking that way, you can rig the system. Have, do you do that? Like, I haven't done that specifically sure. where you come up with, a, um, with an artificial deadline, but I've definitely tried to force myself to get stuff done. And that is how I get it done. And hopefully from there that's that shouldn't be the end point for me i don't want that i don't want it to always be that way but hopefully i can evolve from there to say okay i'm pushing myself until this time until this time again and again so let's shift that back a little bit and try to force myself to finish it quickly but not where i don't already have a time crunch so it's definitely it's only a starting point for me hopefully um i can get better from there and just get more done because I'm trying to get a lot of things done. I'm trying to get school done and trying to learn as much as I possibly can, just collect as much information about right now it's programming. Um, but it's, it's really important to know how, how to, how to do what you want to do, because when you do that, it lets you be more efficient in other things because you're, you have something to work towards. That's really where I should be getting at, which is if I get my work done, I can do the programming. I can do what I want to do. I can code. I can make this thing that I wanted to make. Yeah. So if I get it done, then I can do what I want to do. So mm. it kind of, it gives me something to look forward to. Whereas if the thing that I was looking forward to was just going and like sitting on the couch and like watching something before I went to sleep, which I don't do. I don't watch like Netflix or anything like that. Me neither. Then, then I wouldn't really have a, I wouldn't have a reason to get it done. Yeah. That's, yep. That's good advice. Valuable. Well, on that note, I guess this is the end. Thank Sad. you. Tears. Yeah. Thank you again, <laughs> Louis, for joining us today. We really Thank appreciate it. Thank you very it. much. This was a lot of fun. For no sure. No problem, bro. I think it says 3,000. Th- okay. I, it's really long. This is probably the longest one that we've had so far. Which is fine. So, well, we're going we're gonna to chop it up a yeah. little bit. So thank you guys again and girls and anybody else for listening to this episode. I think that this is also going to... Hmm?
we have to let Louis plug all this stuff now. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, it's okay. It's not that much. Okay, Louis. No, but you do have you do have an Instagram handle that I know has has a few subscribers. Yeah, Louis, go for it. <laughs> um, I do. My Instagram handle is digital underscore arc. Arc is A R C for some fire photos. Yep, you can find uh, my photos there, and you can also find my photos on louiskotler.com. So that'll be L O U I E k o t l e r dot com and, and we will also link it at the, in, in yep. the description of our podcast yeah. um and yeah that's where you can really find me right now dope dope all right so we're not going to go through the whole spiel of, of follow us on blah 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 blah. it's all in the bio you guys can just check the description <laughs> we don't really need to go through it again but we hope that you guys all enjoyed and as always the dwd podcast we out peace thanks thank you <laughs> <laughs>